At JCPenney, we know you miss us, and we miss you. So, what if we said we had a store that's open all day, every day? We do. It's JCP.com or the JCPenney app. Need a swimsuit? We've got them. Something new and cute for summer? Look no further. Exclusive JCPenney brands plus your favorite national brands? Yes and yes. Check our site for the latest coupons. And when you spend $49 or more, standard shipping is free. JCPenney. Exclusions apply. See JCP.com for details. David Sterling, I'm Tony Pervenanzi. We are coming today from Dual Citizen Brewing in Minneapolis. Uh, what time is it, boys? Just uh, after eight <coughs> in the morning. Way too early. It's it's eight o'clock in the morning. Now we're we're here because we're here for a special event. Right. We we kind of hinted at that. Yeah, but we will. Uh, we're going to talk about yesterday's game first. And then we're going to have some uh, special guests on to talk about why we're here this morning. Uh, we are with uh, True North Elite. That's all I'm going to say about it right now. But uh, they'll come on a little bit later and they'll uh, give you the 411 about what's going on. So, yeah. of course, you can find our podcast pretty much anywhere. Spreaker, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Tune in. We are part of the Beautiful Game Network. That is BGN.FM. We're also part of the Minnesota Podcast Network. That is podcastminn.com. So, boys, we had a game yesterday. A game. A game. There's only one game to talk about today because we had an off week last week. Yep. Uh, some of our uh, guys were off on uh, doing their national team things. Yep. International break. International break. Just, and hand, they just got back, uh, what was it, Wednesday? Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think uh, Kelly got back. Uh, Friday, even yeah. later, yeah. So we had a, a, a nice break for a week, yep. which should have been good for us. Unfortunately, yesterday we came out flat. And we should yep. mention, yeah, it was in the game was at New England. At New England, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it. I, little side note, I didn't watch the first half because I took my youngest daughter to see Captain Marvel. And I thought I would get back by the first half. Unfortunately, the movie ran a little longer than I thought. So you guys will have to tell me about the first half. Well, you, you missed the good half then, I I would did say. miss the good yeah, half. Yeah, if, if, if you could call it a good half. But. It, yeah, the, you know, the, the great thing about the first half was it was really open. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of back and forth. Um, it looked like both teams came with energy. And yeah. it was... Yeah, I mean, it, it was a good, entertaining match. It was. For the first half. And we saw, for the fourth game in a row, we saw a uh, penalty kick. Because there, there was a handball. And and for the second game this season, we saw a goal mm-hmm. for the other team. Yeah, within the, in first, the first ten few minutes. minutes. Yeah, within, yeah, in this yeah. case, it was the ninth minute, but, yeah. or tenth yeah. minute, but it was right there. Now, you guys will tell me about that goal in New England score, because I didn't see it. Was it a nice setup? Was it uh, 
was there a defensive issues well, with it or what? I mean, I guess it depends on what perspective you're, you're looking. We're obviously, you know, we're looking at this from a Minnesota perspective, but I mean, certainly, um, it was a nice ball in, um, and it, and it was, it was, I guess, like I, I call it a nice ball in. It was a headed goal, um, yep. yeah, by uh, Anibaba, his first of the season. In fact, uh, for New England, they've only had one goal scorer this year in their first four games. Yeah. <laughs> Sia, is it, um, I'm sorry, is it uh, Gill? Yes. Sorry, Gil. And I believe that's Heel. Heel, yes. Heel. Yes. Carlos Heel. Carlos Heel. Heel. I believe it's how, I think that's correct. But yeah, he put the ball in, he got the assist. It was a, it was, it was a headed goal, a little soft. It, it was off Manone's hands. Okay. You, 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 some people might argue that he maybe should have done a little better with that, but, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think Manone's uh, entire positioning was very good. He was little off his line he was a little he was favoring the, the near post okay it, i mean it was a good place good place header but it was really soft um the the biggest thing for me was the pressure on heel was lacking mm-hmm. so he had plenty of time to set up and set get up to go crossing. Yeah. Uh, you know it, it comes down to more defensive mishaps mm-hmm. it's it's that it's that mental thing, and I mean, this is this is kind of where all of the uh, all of the criticism of Adrian Heath. I, I think this is one of those things that is on him. Yes, there's something about the mentality of the defense that is lacking in almost every game. You can usually find multiple examples. Mm-hmm. So, I think that that's something that definitely needs to be looked at and I you would think that they are looking at that but yet it continues to happen so yeah and I, I know you, you you might disagree but I mean so on on that one I think Ozzy was just a little far off of heel on that one um, and I don't know if yeah. I don't think it was Alonzo's best uh, best game of the season I you could say that for a lot of the Minnesota players but uh, just didn't look sharp not certainly not there um, I, I agree I, I think it was you know, he, he could have pressured a lot more than he did. He allowed probably an extra yard of space that didn't need to be there. Sure, sure. Um, overall, I agree that it wasn't a very good game for him. I think, I don't know, it's one of those things. It was everyone in the defense, well, everyone, not even the, just the defense. It just seemed like everyone was off a step. Yeah, it was, um, sli- they, they were just... Uh, they were slow yesterday. They were a little bit uh, flat, as I like to say. Yeah, not so but, much. Not so much in the first half. No, and, not and, so much. And in the one first thing half. about I do one thing about that goal by he, by uh, Anibaba. That was actually New England's first goal at home this season. Oh, it was. Yeah, because yeah. they had been zero and two. They were zero and two at home. Yeah. Um, before that, actually, zero um, three and one overall, but zero uh, and two at home before that game. And actually, Brad Friedel, uh called out called out New England or leading up to that week. So, I mean, I think that was one of the big things. It was a big talker. You know, is this going to be a trap game? Is it? Is this, you know, maybe this isn't the best time to face a New England Revolution side that uh, is is literally desperate for a win. Yeah. Um, and Friedel kind of lit a fire under him and said, you know, let's go. Let's do it. Called, a, called out the team. Called them soft. He also, I made, getting away from the game a little bit, but he, the, Friedel, he made, Friedel, he made uh, some comments about how, you know, the players in the MLS don't have as much to lose or as much to play for. Yeah, wow. there is some relegation comments from him. 
Wow. Yeah, and was... I think he was coming off his his, his experience playing in the. Um, English Premier League, you know, yep. where you might have people threatening to beat you up, waiting at uh, your car, yep. and yeah, not to mention the you know relegation where that yeah. has serious financial impacts. But you know, I, I, me personally, I would argue that well, okay, teams can't be relegated here, but yeah. players are certainly playing for their jobs here. They are, of course. It's not yeah. like they have nothing to lose by no. poor performance. Yeah, so right. It's all. Yeah, you know, I think, I think a lot of that is, is a bit of bit of deflection i mean obviously he's a new manager mm-hmm. his team's playing horribly yep he's trying to find a place to put some oh yeah you know put some blame and but i i really do like the fact that i like a manager that's willing to call his players out yes. that's what i've always liked about adrian heath mm-hmm. i know there are a lot of people that don't like that but for me i like to see a manager head coach wherever you call mm-hmm. uh Say publicly, yeah. you guys played like shit. Yeah, and it, sometimes that's not the best motivation. I mean, if you're in the corporate world, probably not the best motivation. But these are athletes; they're grown men. They're playing. I mean, their job is to play. They're making a lot of money, and it, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where I like to see the manager come out publicly and say, "Look, you guys suck." Yeah. And it, you need to fix that. And I agree with Dave. It was a trap game. I mean, I, I said this on a, on our on my closeout tweet last night that we were coming into a, an away game for one, mm-hmm. but against a team that needed to win a game. Mm-hmm. And those are the worst scenarios to go into. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter how bad they are. It doesn't matter how good they are. If you have a team that finally clicks that they need to win this game, yeah. it's going to happen. And, and that's what happened. And, of course, we'd had a week off. Right. So it was a perfect perfect storm yeah. for New England to come out. And, and that's the that's the thing. You know, I saw a lot of people kind of ignore the fact that we were on a bye. I mean, one of the, one of the things that I love but loathe about uh, – about the NFL playoffs is that bye week for the yeah. the good teams yeah. because you have you have that week of rest but mm-hmm. you also have that week of rest mm-hmm. where you're not doing anything you're not playing the motions and yeah. you kind of get that settle in and and then this and then this and the for Minnesota they're they're off week they're bye week if you want to call it it, it 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 was an international break so you had five starters that were away from the team, so you had yep. players that you know, and maybe that's a you you could say that's a good thing. You're getting more new players involved and yeah. players that don't, haven't seen the pitch as much. But your core lineup, you're missing some key pieces, and from they were all on defense too. and yeah. defense. And yeah. what did I say, guys? When this season started, and we had all these new players. I said a big thing was communication, all of them communicating yep. together and working together. They still are not like completely meshed yet. No, and when you have a break this early in the season, it's almost taking like taking two steps back, right? Because you're coming back after the break. You went to your international teams and you played with them, and then you're coming back. It's like if this break would have been later in the season, it wouldn't. Have, I don't think it would have been a bigger deal, right? And, and maybe that's it. Maybe you kind of wish the first break was later because I'm yeah. not sitting here and saying if they played the Revolution in New England a week ago mm-hmm. while we had those five players on international break, I'm not saying they would have done better because yeah. you're still going to have. 
you know, new pieces to that squad. Sure. But uh, well, you know, I think I would take what you said a step further. If if we played New England instead of LA Galaxy, yes, yes. we would have won. I, I think we would have. Yeah, yeah. I that, mean, two weeks ago, then, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's just it's the nature of the beast. Um, and it, bye weeks aren't always good, and that's that's the way it is. Uh, one of the positives that I have to say about yesterday's game, and Tony, you missed most of this, yeah. was Angelo Rodriguez's hold-up play. My God. I mean, the dude could... I think he could hold off... Uh, I don't know. Andre the Giant. He, yeah, I he, mean, the guy is amazing. He definitely used his size to his advantage there. Yeah. and that, It was quite obvious. I mean, it didn't always lead to... Um, great chances, but yeah, it, he was there. He was up front, and I mean that's what you need, I guess, out of that. But yeah, you know, um, and that's that's the, you know, we could, we'll probably talk about this for three years. You know, this is why we got rid of Christian Ramirez. Exactly right. This is the type of play that this team, that this organization mm-hmm. wanted, and it, that's not Christian's game. No, Angelo isn't going to score us twelve goals a season. But if he keeps playing the way he did in the first half and even part of the second half before he got subbed out, it's going to open up a lot. It should. And, I mean, there was, there was one, I wrote it down in my notes, where he, he actually <clears throat> he held off. Then he gets the ball, he gets around, and he muscles past everyone. Mm-hmm. And still manages to get a pass off into the box. Uh, it was Darwin's probably better chance of the day. I mean, it was all generated by his strength, by his ability to just push off the defenders and make something happen. Now, had Darwin put that on frame, it would have been great. Yeah. Um, had he put it in the goal, it would have been an assist and a well-earned assist for Angelo. And that's what we want. That's exactly that's the want. player we want. Mm-hmm. And now, whether there are people in this fan base that want that is beside the point. Because no. that's what the team wants. That's not, wait, yeah, again, the team well, wanted to go in a different direction. Yeah. And they did. And I think it works out better. Yeah. But unfortunately, getting rid of one of your... Favorite players, you know, right. still stays yeah. people. I, I don't think, yeah, because I don't think you can sit here and you. I, I'd be hard pressed to listen to criticism about Angelo Rodriguez at, mm-hmm. from yesterday's game, from the right. first half no. of yesterday's game, because there's not a whole lot to criticize. No. I, now, you, you know, if you're going to criticize Christian Ramirez, he kind of had the knack for scoring goals. He just he's had that his whole career. He's flashy. Yeah. yeah, and he's Flashing. a poacher. He seems he's to be in the right and place. Yeah. We've, I mean, Angelo has a goal this season, uh, yeah. but we haven't quite seen that yet from him. And, of right. course, he hasn't spent much time on the pitch so no. far this yeah. season. But um, we, we started to see it last season, though. We started yeah. to see um, signs that he can do that. And he mm-hmm. scored goals, too, over throughout his career. So, yeah, um, yeah I just... I don't. I I hate to see people being overly critical of the move and Angelo Rodriguez specifically no. because, like David mentioned, he's doing what he was brought here to do, right. at least part of it. And so. you know, and the the only criticism that he is really getting is from people that don't accept the fact that that's what he was here for. Yeah, they don't like his style of play. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I agree completely with Dave. This 
yesterday's game was the perfect example of what we want to see. From yeah, them. exactly. And it, you know, had all our chances been taken and been successful, mm-hmm. one, it would have been a win, mm-hmm. but or at least a draw. But two, he would have had he would have been on the score sheet for an assist. Yep. Possibly some other key passes. I mean, it's it's it was good. That, well, that was possible. Let's talk about um, you know they go down one nil. Yeah. And then we have another VAR situation. Yep. Handball in the box. So once again we got uh, Darwin coming, kick the penalty shot. I think Darwin has how many goals this year? And none of them are they're all he penalties. Has three he goals and all penalties. Three all penalties. penalty kicks. Yeah, he's obviously leading the league in that category. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, so he hits it. Of course, it's it's a it's a moot point really when right. he's in the box. I mean, he's going to get it. So we're tied one one going into the half. I was able to watch the second half of this game, and um, I know we had commented a little bit. Finley started yesterday. Yep. In place of Schuler, which is another positive. Yeah. Just throw that out there. I mean. So and Finley, watching him in the beginning of the second half, he looked like he sparked. He was he had a lot of energy, and that's what I like about Finley. He's an energetic type of guy. Yeah, he's also one of our own. I had to yeah. mention that, uh, but he sparks things, and he looks more into the game than Schuler did the previous couple games. Oh, without a doubt. We talked last podcast. We talked about Schuler being more. It seems like he's been robotic. He's thinking too much. He's trying to do things that normally he would, you know, he shouldn't be doing, and you know, just he looks out of place. Right. Finley comes in and he looks like he's in the system. Like he is there. He knows what he's doing. He's getting up on the sides. He's making plays. Right. Um, but like you said, and when we we're uh, messaging back and forth, he did burn out because he's not match fit yet for 90 minutes yeah definitely and with his motor you know I I look at him and Miguel as being very similar Mm -hmm. like they just go and go and go and go Mm -hmm. and go and if you're not match fit Mm -hmm. that's going to wear you down Yeah, and and it did Um, but exactly to your point you know he fits the system yes he does better than Rasmus Schuler does Schuler is an inverted winger. He's an actual winger. So mm-hmm. you you end up just having a guy that's supposed to be where he is, playing the role he's supposed to be playing, so, the role that he's used to. And you yeah. bring, I mean, is that something that, I mean, you bring up the inverted winger and, and you know, is, is that kind of play where, you know, you would, you would expect him to then come more into the middle from right. his wing yep. position, and do yep. you think that's something that Heath wants to see, or do you think that's just something he's he's playing that because he has to? Well, I, I think Heath wanted to see that because there's no role for Schuler anymore uh, with Gregish and, and Ozzy. So he's trying to get Schuler to play that role yeah. because there are benefits to to that. You know, if you're in a if you're in a situation where a team's playing, say, a, a 4-3-3, where they really load up the midfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, An inverted winger is actually not that bad because he's a little bit more defensive-minded. And he, can, sure, he can drift inside. The wings tend to be more of an issue in the final third in yeah. a 4-3-3, and it, he's not... You know, he's going to bottle up that midfield a little bit better. Yeah, and then correct me if I'm wrong, but then that, if that's the case, if you've got an inverted winger like Schuler maybe coming drifting towards the middle, and then 
that's where we could use, say, our backs, our, say, Calvo to come up on the left side or, or Metonier exactly. on, on the yeah, other side. You're going to see a lot more overlapping runs. Or if you're not getting true winger play. Right. Yeah. And it it's... When it's when it's an inverted winger, the overlapping run looks a little bit more, I guess, unnatural. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're when you're in a four-two-three-one, the overlapping runs just look like they work because you've got your two wingers that kind of stay where they are, and the fullbacks go out around. So you get a bunch of movement forward with an sure. inverted winger that inverted winger stays back and he doesn't move forward so the the thing with the fullbacks in a, in a, a proper system is you get significantly more offense mm-hmm. an inverted winger kind of pulls one of those offense players back yeah i mean i guess that's an easy mm-hmm. easy way to describe it so we saw finley doing his thing we come to the second half it's 1 to 1 but we came out in the second half, we looked, I'm going to say it again, we looked flat. Oh, yeah. They were yeah. spending way too much time in their own third of the field. They weren't able to push up anything. They were making stupid passes. Yep. They weren't, I think you mentioned yesterday, uh, David, you said I, that uh, they were um, passes they were making they shouldn't have made. They should have actually been dribbling it up a little further. Low probability. And Low probability. L- they, they just, they, they. They just didn't have possession. No. And because yeah. of that, I mean, as and a result. It, and I don't know. I said this in my notes. I don't know if I said it in the text. Uh, it was it was one of those situations where they had one or two passes. Yeah. And they would choose the second pass, mm-hmm. which was 10, 15 yards further than the first pass. Yep. And it's like, if you have to pass it, choose the better probability pass. Exactly right. But yeah. there were still situations where they could have... There's one in particular that I remember from Ozzy. He ended up passing it probably 25 yards. It was intercepted. He had like 10, 15 yards of space in mm-hmm. front of it. And it's like... I get that maybe you're trying to be disciplined in your position. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's one of those things where New England's not that good. So if you push up you're probably not going to get burned. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he didn't just take those extra 10 yards, see what developed in front of him before he passed, is it, kind of one of those things that's like, I don't know. It's it's easy for us watching the game to say these things. Yeah. But it, it just seemed like all of the players from the back to Gregish and Ozzy weren't quite thinking through their passes. No. And it, it was... Losing possession. Yeah, exactly. It's inter- yeah, it's interesting you talking about notes, and like I had my notes for the second half, and I mean, I ca- I think I fir- I first wrote down you know five minutes, you know, a lot of New England pressure, mm-hmm. um, Minnesota just lacking possession, lacking passing yeah. accuracy, and and I but I kept scratching five minutes out and putting ten minutes out, yep. and putting fifteen oh, minutes yeah. out of the, into the second half because it kept going and going. And it going. was. I was expecting a change. I mean, in fact, New England had four corners in the first ten minutes of the second half. I mean, four. They did. Yeah, they didn't score on any of those corners. But uh, and I think the corners were like nine to three or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It ended up being, um, yeah, exactly nine to three at the end. I mean, it's 
and corners don't necessarily mean anything, but at the no. same time, it's a chance. Though. Well, they're in the final third. That's exactly what it means. Yeah, I would and it's say. and it's a chance. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, if we go to the second goal, you know, the second goal was pretty rough. I, it, you know, it was one of those things where a lot of people I saw on Twitter are putting it on Calvo because he had. I mean, that was his man. Yeah. But I, I blame Box 100%. I mean, the guy was marking a man. He claims that he throws his hand up, claiming the pass is offside, which yeah. it wasn't even close. It wasn't close, no. And it, at the same time, no. he slowed down mm-hmm. to, to complain. Now, Calvo was on Burnbury, who, yeah, who crossed over. Yeah, he was on the him. back post. Yeah. Yep. And it, so you've got this run coming in with Calvo marking him. Yeah. Had Boxel... I mean, sure. Right, put your hand up and claim it's an offside. Yeah, but keep playing. Keep the pl- keep going. Because had he kept going, he would have been in the position to just clear the ball out to play, prevent by yeah. Brandon by from scoring. Play yeah. and it's, it's play absurd. to the whistle. Play to the whistle. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, which and I I, I did say. I mean, I'm I I can't put myself in his shoes, but I mean, I in real time. I thought I thought he was offsides. I said mm-hmm. I, I thought he was offsides. I was like, oh, that's offsides, and I was kind of surprised when it just continued on. But that's not the thing is, I see this I see this all the time in soccer. The guy and they'll, they'll slow down. I'm like, just play to the whistle. Well, and and this is the thing with VAR. This is what VAR's for. Exactly. Right. Just let the referee or the linesman uh, make the mistake. Exactly. Continue your play. If it goes in, they're going to review it. That's right. So just let it happen. And it, he slowed down. I mean, he he probably lost a good three steps. He did, yeah. And had he just kept going, that ball would have gone right to his feet. Yep. And, I mean, I get Kelvo let his man in mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, he was still on him when he took the shot. Yeah. So it's not like he was, you know, he got burned and yeah. was 10 feet behind him. Kelvo let the man in, but Boxel gave up. Yeah. So they're... I mean, two guys there. You could have stopped the play, Boxer. You could yeah. have been the guy to stop that play. It just and he it just turned into an easy ta- an easy, easy yeah. tap in. And and I mean that goal, I, that whole series uh, had had a, a big time Minnesota connection. Yeah. Uh, between Teal Burnbury, who uh, Bunbury, sorry, and who was actually I believe he was raised in Minnesota. Can't exactly yeah. show uh, where. Yeah, he, uh, I don't think he was born and raised, but I think he, he was raised. Didn't for, he play for Thunder Academy? He might have, but he also played for Minneapolis City. That was the goal scorer, Brandon. Oh, Brandon yeah. Bai played Bye for Minneapolis City. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm saying Which there was is a connection. Kind of interesting. There was a connection yeah. on the assist and the goal score nice. for Bai, yeah. Yeah, Minneapolis, former Minneapolis City player. Yeah. So, you know, it's again the goals led goals were caused by defensive lapses, mm-hmm. and it, I, I'm generally aside from. The first like six episodes of this podcast, mm-hmm. I've generally been very supportive of Keith. Yeah, maybe to a fault at times, but I, I agree. This is one area where maybe there's something there with him. Mm-hmm. There, there are too many defensive lapses. He needs to figure that out. Well, so the game ends two to one, and let's talk about the Heath thing a little bit before we get into our special guest here. So the game ends two to one. We lose. We still have six points, guys. 
We still have six points. We still have six points. Yeah, okay. it's only been four games. It's only been four games. Yep. Okay, it's they're not. They're basically kind of right on pace with where I had them at seven points. I, yeah. And again, I've been wrong about how I thought those seven points would come. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure I had New England as one of the wins that would get us to seven. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we are sitting at six points after four. So we're. I mean, we're we're doing well. It's a lot better than I thought we'd be doing with these five away games to start the season. Um, but let's talk about Heath just a little bit, uh, briefly. After we lose games, you go on Twitter, you go on social media, and you see people calling Heath out. Right. And I get it. You want to blame somebody for the loss. Yeah. The players are the ones who are on the field making the plays. Okay? Yes, Heath has something to do with those players. There are some communication issues in the defense that he could probably work on. But this is not this loss is not on Heath by any means. Well, and, and, and that's the thing. It's it's so easy to blame the manager. Of course it is. And and that's you know anyone that blames the manager in this situation, it, it's a prior past agenda. Yeah, it is. That and it, it's it's so annoying because there are so many other explanations for you know why we're not playing well. I mean yeah. somebody said well there's a common common variable we I mean first of all he claimed that we were looking as bad as we did last year which we obviously that's don't. not true um, but he said there's a common variable yeah clearly hinting at Adrian Heath he didn't say it no but and I I responded to him from our from our account I said Okay, common variable. Or it was Boxel, Calvo, Miguel, mm-hmm. uh, Abu, mm-hmm. uh, Darwin. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there are several common variables. There are. Between last year and this year. Yeah. And I'm like, obviously it doesn't fit your Adrian Heath narrative. No. But I was like, come on. I mean, you can't, you can't just say, oh, well, we were bad last year and we're as bad as last year because we were not. Yeah. And then just simply say, well, it's Adrian Heath. The two goals were essentially the fault of the two defenders mm-hmm. who we've had for the last year and a half. Exactly right. So is it really Adrian Heath? Probably not. I mean, does Adrian Heath potentially have an issue with, I would say, halftime motivation? Mm. There's a chance of that. Yeah. Because we did pretty well first half. And we came out flat second, and and that's what I that that was one of the most surprising things. I was just kind of I was I was happy going in, you know, with a you know a one one tie at that at halftime, just because you know look at L A Galaxy. You know, we talked about that the, the L A Galaxy game. It was kind of the opposite. I mean, they they played they were they were under the gun for the entire first half. Yet somehow came out in the second half. They made adjustments. They made mm-hmm. substitutions. They formation changes, yep. and were actually effective. They really made a push of that mm-hmm. game in LA. Whereas this one was almost the exact opposite. Where I just yeah. it, it looked like they just had lost anything that they you were know, building from the first half. And I think what was worse for this game was that we knew we were going to be in a situation where. Ethan Finley was going to have to be solved. Yeah. There's no way he was going to play a full game. And so there's one offensive sub. Mm-hmm. Well, Angelo hasn't played a full game yet either. Yeah, he had to be subbed out. And that's the most likely area to interject some 
mm-hmm. some spark anyway. Which they did. Which they did. So you get rid of Abu. Then Finley's got to come out. Well, there's no one to replace Finley with no, because right. Romario's injured. He's mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Din- so Dinladi was to, their only option. Yeah, so Attacking you had to option. go defensive. Mm-hmm. So they went, you know, they tried to, Heath did what I would have done, mm-hmm. bring in Kelman mm-hmm. and try to make it offensive by going 3-4-3. Three, three. Yes. Yep. And it and so he did everything he and probably had, should have done. And they had opportunities at the end there. Yeah. Then Lottie missed a header. Yep. That was close. It was close. And I'm telling you, he did what he had to do. Yep. Bringing Dunlady in, I love bringing Dunlady in at the end of games like this because he brings this energy, this he, youthfulness yeah, to it. And yeah. he, he nearly plays. He nearly did it against yeah. L.A. off the crossbar. He did. He did. Yep. Um, yeah. And so, it, he had another chance other than that header. Yeah. That was at least close. I don't remember. It was a shot on goal. Well, or it wasn't a shot on goal. But. Again, so Heath made the right adjustments yeah. at the end with what he had. Yeah. Okay. We can't go blaming Heath for every mental lapse these guys have. Exactly. The game was tied, okay? This game would have ended in a tie if uh, Boxel didn't have a mental mistake. Yeah. And how was Heath going to fix that? Right. You're going to send him to a psychiatrist and be like, hey, you have mental problems that you need to go right. and get worked on here? Yeah. You know, no. I, you know, after the game, I sent out a couple mocking tweets. And it, one of my tweets was that the next time I get a speeding ticket, I'm going to blame Adrian Heath mm-hmm. because that's how logical this yeah. this has become. I mean, it's it's it makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, a manager has a certain level sure. of responsibility for everyone. Mm-hmm. But when your goals are complete and utter mental lapses by the players, yeah. that's not on the manager. Before we before we end this conversation and get to our guests here, I want to bring up, and, and Dave, you probably know this. I, David, I don't know if you know this, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a uh, Jerry Burns, the former coach of the Vikings. Yes. There's a nice rant that they played on the radio numerous times about Bob Schnelker, the offensive coordinator. Yes. And Burns goes through his whole thing going, you know, so-and-so, AC had a ball in the flat and he dropped it. So-and-so lost his shoe. That isn't Bob Schnelker's fault. You know, <laughs> there's nothing I can, we can do about that. And then, of course, people are booing Bob Schnelker and saying, you know, whatever. Again, with Adrian Heath. Boxel makes a mental mistake. That ain't Adrian Heath's fault. Right. It's not. Yeah. You can't do anything about it. Can't possibly do anything. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. I. So, I don't know. You know, I, I I finished the night off on our Twitter account with saying, look, we're four games in. We have two wins. Six points. We didn't have a good game yeah. against a team that was looking for a win. That's right. They wanted a win. We had a rusty, you know, time off. Look, we're not in a bad situation. No, we're not. No. You know, I mean, there well, is somebody that said, somebody made a relaxed. I liked it because it, it was an obvious Aaron Rodgers reference. Yeah. He was saying the exact same thing. He's like, look, it just, it happens this mm-hmm. way. Yeah. It just happens. And I mean, you have games like this. bad situation. I mean, and, and it's it's not. Uh, I mean, it's it's because of the schedule, because of Allianz Field opening this year. It's because of the Final Four happening next weekend. It's the fact that is it ideal? Are the are they in a great spot? No, but it's not no. ideal to start with five games on the road no. to yeah. open a season. That is not an ideal situation. And, I mean, think about this. You look, 
yeah, an a- average five-game stretch in the MLS, mm-hmm. if you win two games, you might call that good yep. for most teams. Yeah, I mean, we, we had a conversation last, last week when you, yeah. or last episode, yeah. when you brought up how many teams have won more than three games. Right. We're already two-thirds of the way there. Right. Mm-hmm. I brought up on Happy, Twitter last yeah, night just, that um, there were six teams that won more than three games. Four of them went to the play, or five of them went to the playoffs. Four of them finished better than us. Yeah. I mean, look, this isn't a bad situation to be in. No, it's not. No, and it, it's it's when we it's it's it's, and I mean, hopefully we start the the other side of the coin is after we open up Allianz Field in two weeks. Uh, I think it was nine of the next twelve are going to be at Allianz right. Field. So if if this poor play continues into Allianz Field, right. then that's when we're going to start. Right raising our hands and saying, hey, what's going on here? But not until we yeah. get a little further and in. I just realized I misspoke. I said six. I don't know why I said six. There were 11 teams that had more than mm-hmm. three yeah. So, I mean, I just, I just don't... It, it's one of those things where it's game four of the season. Yeah, that's right. It's, we don't know anything about our team in game four. It's, it's frustrating. I know we all pick the Minnesota to win, mm-hmm. um, but is the sky falling? No, no, it's yeah. not. And it, you know what's what's funny is, uh, you see these people who complain about this. They're the exact same people who predicted we'd have like four points going into Allianz. Yeah. So this isn't. This is actually proving their narrative. I mean, it's, yeah. we're still better than their narrative. They want this to happen. Yeah. And it. That's. I mean, maybe that means we've arrived. Yeah. That we have petty petty fans petty like fans. that. Yeah. But. I don't. Let's yeah. Let's let's end the the down talk right now. Let's get to some fun stuff. We're gonna take a little break, guys. We come back. We're gonna have some special guests on from Dual Citizen. We're gonna talk about what's going on here this early in the morning on a Sunday. Why the hell we had to get out of bed at six o'clock? And uh, let them talk about what's going on. Side. What time is it right now? 18 nine, after nine. 9. Yeah, on there a Sunday go. morning. Uh, we have James, Corey, and Zach from True North Elite. We also have Max, who is the head brewer slash owner of Dual Citizen. Um, and so, one of you guys from True North Elite, why are we here today? Uh, we are in the midst of brewing a collaboration beer between True North Elite and Dual Citizen Brewing. Nice. So... Let's go to Max. Max, they came to you and said, we want to brew a beer. So what would you decide to do? 
So we were talking about using uh, ingredients that would be true to Minnesota. Um, we wanted something light and easy drinking, so we started talking about doing a pre-prohibition style ale uh, using the ingredients that typically would have been available here in Minnesota back when there was a brewery on every corner. So we've got some uh, six-row barley, which is a little bit different than the standard two-row barley that uh, we would use today. Uh, we've got some corn in there, and we got some wheat. So okay. it should be pretty light-bodied, have some nice sweetness. We're going to be using some cluster hops as well, which have been native to the area. Nice. So when True North Elite came to you and said, first they came to you and said, we want to have, you know, our, we want to get here, be here before uh, home games. And you're like, yeah, let's go ahead, you know, fine, fantastic, right? Absolutely. And they said, we want you to brew a beer for us. And you jumped all over that, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. You know, we've been really trying to position ourselves here with the, the soccer fans. Mm -hmm. Great location from the brewery to the stadium. So uh, wanted to do everything we could to really connect this partnership. Yeah, it's, it's looks like it's turning out really well right now. So. Oh, yeah. Um, Brew's moving along smoothly. We're uh, filling the kettle right now. So. Yeah, we were actually, we, we got here at 7 a.m. And we saw them uh, putting all the different ingredients in. Some of the True North Elite people got to do that, got to kind of see the process. And this will be available when? Uh, we were hoping to have this on tap for the home opener on the 13th. Nice, because we will all be here for that. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> Get your drinks Get in. Salt. Get your drinks in. That's right. So, guys from uh, True North Elite, um, how did you guys decide to have Dual Citizen be your brewery before games? It's literally location is key. Okay. And it's... It's a within walking distance of the light rail and the, the stadium, and it's just it's just a perfect spot to to start the day right okay. before match day, and and the space is perfect. It's open and TVs to watch games beforehand and stuff like that. It's just couldn't ask for a much better location. So yeah. and then you get to know the the owners and the people who work here, sure, and, sure. and sort of the mission is of dual citizen in terms of. You know how you guys try to give back to the community really ties into mm -hmm. you know the ethos of our supporters group as well. So it, it just feels so comfortable. And you guys, I know you guys do a lot of community stuff, and I know Max does a lot of community stuff too. So it's a good partnership going on right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what I wanted to ask was, Max, when they came to you first, were you a soccer fan at all? Oh yeah. Yep, we were my family's had season tickets. We're in the uh, Itasca Society. So okay, cool. We've been just really excited about the stadium coming together here. Sure, sure. Um, so it was very serendipitous when they approached us. Are you excited about the beer prices at the stadium? Because you're going to get more people here now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's half off. True. The stadium prices. <laughs> That's what I thought. I saw the prices. I'm like, oh, Max is going to be very excited about these prices. Um, Max, I know you got to get going and do your look at some beer that you're brewing. Well, we're going to check in on the beer here, make sure everything's beer. moving smoothly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, again, there's a soccer game going on right now. Yeah. Yeah, what, real quick, I mean, I know it might take you more than a couple of minutes, but what are the steps? What are you doing here this morning? And, it, and how long is it going to take? So, uh, total today we're going to be brewing for about six hours. Uh, we start out with our grain. The main goal is we're going to take the starch inside the grain, convert it to sugar, leave that plant matter behind, and then we can give the sugar water to yeast, which will then in turn produce alcohol, which is the whole point of what we're doing, right? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> so it's a little bit oversimplified, but uh, so we've we've converted all the starches into sugars, and we're in the process of transferring that sugar water off of the plant material. Okay. And then we'll boil it, sanitize it, add some hops, and then cool it down and give it to the yeast. 
So I don't think we said what's what's the name of this then? What's the name of it? Of the beer. Go ahead. Uh, the True name North of the, the Pre-Prohibition name of, Ale. Yep. True North Pre-Prohibition Ale. Okay. Yep. yep. Good. Cool. And we'll all be drinking it uh, in two weeks here before the game. Yep. Yeah. Now, are we going gonna to see this all year long, right? <laughs> hey, if you guys keep drinking it, I'll keep making it. <laughs> well, I'm sure the that... T&E guys will keep drinking it. I don't know. If, I mean, I might have a couple here and there. But, I mean, uh, but again, great for you to kind of hook up with these guys do your thing. I, I love this whole collaboration you guys are doing. And I have to say, this is our third time doing a podcast here. And we're probably going to do a fourth one after the game, the opening game here. So <laughs> That'd be wonderful. Feels, feels like we're playing favorites to dual citizen a little bit. I feel bad for other breweries out there, you know. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I think there's there, a pretty good reason for that. Yeah, there is. There's great beers here, again. Well, um, we, we love having you guys, so yeah, thanks well, for being here. Thank you, Max. We appreciate it. Uh, True North Elite guys, is there anything going on uh, for the opening yeah. game you want to talk about? Um, so, clearly we'll, we, we're meeting here. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be here, gosh, the gates are going to open two and a half hours early, so we'll probably be here probably, what, 11-ish? Details are yet to come. We still have to figure out March details and stuff like that with the other affiliates of the Wonderwall and stuff, mm-hmm. and we're going we're gonna to probably... Hopefully within the next week have all those logistics figured out. But okay. but just meet us here. We'll, we'll, we'll be here. Yeah, we'll be here. I mean, that's, <laughs> yep. that's our plan. Um, and again, if you guys want to come on, if you guys are sober enough to come on after the game. So surprisingly enough, not everybody in True North Elite drinks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shocking as that yeah, may be. I know. So we can find the... One or two non-drinkers in True North Elite. That won't be nearly as much fun. <laughs> and one or two of the drinkers of True North Elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll come on, absolutely. We'll, I might need we'll some figure help. something out. We might so, need some help after the game. <laughs> well, it, it also depends on if we win or lose that game. I, I know, I know. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the biggest oh, no. thing. Uh, yeah. So I have to ask, we finally all got to see, well, T&E and other season ticket holders uh, finally got to see Allianz officially. Yep. What are your guys' thoughts on it's what beautiful. you got to see? It's beautiful. It's And it's going to be so ungodly loud in there when we get that stadium rocking. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of the most, prob- if I just, probably one of the most unique experiences for a soccer specific stadium in the entire United States. Oh. And it's going to be. And what, what would differentiate Allianz Field from, say, some of the other parks around the country, um, soccer-specific parks around the country? We're one of the, I think we're one of the few that have the safe standing. We're the third, we're the third, I think, third MLS club that has safe standing. Okay. So that differentiates, you know, crazy. And it's soccer. Well, and, and as far as the safe standing goes, we're the only stadium, what I've been told, that our safe standing is bleacher style, and it's not concrete. Oh, so, nice. and what I did is when we did, uh, there's videos out there that the supporter section did a chant during that. I went in the concourse under the bleachers during that chant. Oh, did you? And it was ear ringingly loud. <laughs> nice. It, it was it was incredible. Bouncing on that clad aluminum. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 The other you know, things that are, uh, you know, the canopy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very European style, and yep. um, and it's it's fairly unique 
uh, and it, it's going to you know it's going to both hold in the noise and help us amplify it onto the field. Yep. Nice. It was funny. I was standing next to Dr. McGuire at some point during the day, and I said, "I don't think you guys." Put a step wrong in the stadium. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely perfect. And he says, he says, well, the glass doors, um, as you come through the metal detectors, don't have the little door stops on them, and so somebody has to hold them open. So we got to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a minor thing, but we got to fix That's that. Only complaint. Yeah, only complaint of that. Yeah. Well, so I was meandering right. and didn't realize that we were congregating. Well. I should have realized because I had to schedule, but um, <laughs> failed to be congregated with everyone. And so I was up in the premium seats, okay. and it, to be able to listen to that wall chant—I mean, a, a chant that was not terribly organized because it was kind of Jamie was kind of like do it, yeah—and not everyone knows it. And it, to hear that from where I was, which was probably. I don't know, 40 yards out. Right. It was incredible. And, and you you have to remember, there was 950 people in the section. It wasn't right. even half. It wasn't even half full, yeah. Not even half full. It was yeah. 40%. And, so. and those are people that won't even be in the section either. So yeah. like not not the full, full-fledged full supporters like like what we're doing in the section. Exactly. Like yeah. It will be interesting to, to compare how we sound at the beginning of this season to how we sound at the end, given... Oh, yeah. The number of new permanent season ticket holders in the section. There's sure. a lot of people that are going to be in the section this year who may be first timers. Okay. Maybe they were at TCF in the supporter section, didn't really know what's going on, but they're going to have a whole season now to learn the chance. And you know, so I think as the season goes on, we're going to just sound better and better. Yep. Yeah, it's it should be good for you guys. That section, I saw the the video, and I it, it's it's going to be great. Uh, I will say this. Best thing I like about this stadium is the fact that uh, McGuire and his partners paid for it themselves. Yes, amen. Absolutely. Unlike Arthur Blank, hint, hint. <laughs> um, so that's I love that. I, I love it's 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 frankly one of the reasons that I became a, a, yeah. a United supporter when I knew that they were going to try to privately fund. And it's funny because you go online and people are like, "Well, the taxes are paying for it." Like, no, they're no. not. No. People don't believe that. Well, they had to pay for the infrastructure. No. Yeah, St. Paul's going to pay for a little infrastructure to make it better around there. Yeah. But that helps everybody out. I don't understand why people are so against it. Well, you know, I, I think it comes down to people are so used to teams muscling their mm-hmm. way through, you know, the legislature. Right. Getting, you know, yeah. subsidized things. Like, people just don't believe. Right. And it's so cool that we are one of the few that can save it didn't happen. No. Well, wasn't it too that they tried? They wanted to build the stadium in Minneapolis, yeah. mm-hmm. and they gave them just a hell of a hard time. And St. Yep. Paul's well, like they weren't giving them the tax break. No tax break. Oh, that, that's what it was. Okay. And the funny thing is, I work I work for a construction company. Yep. And the tax breaks they were going to give them, and they gave them in St. Paul, it's just taxes on the materials you're buying. Yep. Oh it's yeah. Standard for every deal. That, yeah, yep. exactly. Standard for every deal. Every kind of corporation who goes in these places, yep. they get tax breaks, and people are all ticked off. I'm like. Who cares if the city doesn't see an extra $5 million in taxes from a stadium? They're going to make that back, and all the people come in to your city. Yeah, and I, Minneapolis missed out on a big yeah. opportunity. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I just, so I just didn't want it. I feel so bad for Mayor Fry because mm-hmm. I know that he was a big proponent of getting the stadium in Minneapolis. And then 
it doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I remember. I mean, I remember. Well, kudos to Coleman too for like you know seeing the opportunity. Yeah. And yeah. saying hey, well, and put that, that you know that's that's his legacy now at St. Paul. Yeah, that's right. I mean, up until then he you know he was a great mayor, but he wasn't known for anything. Now he's got that palace to look at. That's yeah. right. Um, Minneapolis could have had a nice metroplex there with Allianz Field, Target Field, Target Center, all in that kind of area. They could have redone that whole downtown area. Mm -hmm. They missed out on a huge opportunity there. But St. Paul picked up the pieces. Being right off 94, that lighting is awesome when you drive through there. I mean, it's going to be fantastic. Right off the light. Yeah, it's going to be great. So if there was one thing that each of you would have liked to see in Allianz that isn't there, is there? I don't know yet. I, I guess I'd have to honestly say I'd have to watch Vieta match first and, and see the flaws of it because, I mean, how do we really know until we get there, right. that first real run through? You know? I mean, there aren't going to be any uh, railings falling down like DC United had. I really <laughs> hope not. <laughs> I don't That would be awkward. It's, they used Mortensen, so I trust that Mortensen did a fairly decent job putting the stadium together. I can't see they make a mistake. Um, I'm wondering about uh, traffic around the stadium that's, and, and that's, getting there. And that's my concern. My concern has always been parking and traffic. So mm-hmm. it's they, there's plans in place for yeah. you know, shuttles and things like that, but... And now with Uber, everybody's everybody has Uber now. So. Yeah, but even that, yeah, traffic could be an issue. And where the yeah. light rail is located, you know, you have to cross University and yeah. you know Snelling's there, so they aren't going to be closing those roads during well, game days. According like, to them, they're going to they're going to close half of Snelling, mm-hmm. half of University. We'll I, see how that goes. I would love to see us marching up University or Snelling the way that we saw. Cincinnati supporters. Oh, yeah. that, that would be great. Cool. That would be something that's at, at least, as far as I know, right now, that's missing. Um, yeah, you know, we're we have March plans, uh, you know, making do with what is available to us. But um, and the team's working with us to try and build that culture too. So that sure. that that's really good, right? Sure. They don't, you know, if you can help us make the section, you know, as full and great as possible, then support us in what we're trying to do. And, and they're working with us. On that, so that's really good too, and that's exciting for for everything that we're. And you guys have had a lot of communication with the team about what's going on. You guys have kind of been involved a little bit, I would say. Yeah, we've we've had we've had some conversations. We've had a little input here and there. So they they've been really good. Good. They've listened to us on things like tifo rigging and um, you know where the capos are going to be. Sure. um, Accommodating, you know, storage of material, you know, things like drums and stuff like that, um, all the way down to even like the run of play, like their production that they put on in the stadium. It's well, how can we help you guys succeed as well? Awesome. Do this, don't do this. And, yeah, yeah. And they're like, I think we can all, I think we can all agree and work with that. So that that's been another exciting thing too. So you mentioned Tifo. Is there anything you can tell us about the Tifo? It's big. There it's will really, be a really big. I've heard it's really big. <laughs> We can confirm that there will be Tifo. <laughs> we can confirm there will be. It will right. be a beautiful, very large okay. Tifo. <laughs> if, you, if you want to see it, you can uh, do a practice deployment if you check our 
check our social media, we have a sign up genius to where you can go help out. Oh. Is it complete yet? Or yeah, yeah yes. it's done. Oh, yeah. It's we're done. Doing a, we're doing a dry run to, to deploy it. Okay. Nice. Yep. Right. More the merrier. All the help we can get. But you got to keep it under your collective hats until match day. Yep. Well, I kept this secret for a long you time. Did. <laughs> I told, you did. I told my dog. Yeah. He didn't say anything to anybody. That's good. Um, you actually made me tell you how to say it. Because yeah, I was afraid on Facebook about how to say that we're going to do a podcast, but we're not going to tell you what's going on. I was afraid people were going to be like, well, you're doing it. Yeah, I know. You're going to go here. You're going to go here. And somebody's going to guess something. Right. You know. So um, I also saw that TNE has over 450 members now. Is so we correct? have season ticket holders. We are at 390. And then we sell individual memberships as well. And I think the last I had heard that number is an additional 80 to 90 people. So we're looking at 475. Wow. That's cool. Yep. Oh, it blew us out of the water because when I think the last time we were on, you asked how many members we had, and I think we guessed 175. Yeah. 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 We, were like, yeah. we were like 180 ish. Yeah. No, yeah. It's so, just... yeah. It was, it was shocking. Uh, great, but shocking. It, it's, I'm a little nervous about it. I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous opportunity, but um, a lot. You know, when you bought the season ticket, you were confronted with a drop down. Which which you know, supporters group do you want to affiliate with? And, sure. Um, I think you know we met some people last weekend. Um, there are some people who are T and E now that need to learn what T and E is about, and, and that's great. Sure, I mean, sure, it's sure, a great sure. opportunity, um, sure. but you know, it's it's it, it's on us to sort of you know welcome them Sorry, in and sure. let them know who we are. Yeah. Let Corey let them know about all the opportunities that he provides, you know, for volunteer efforts with mm-hmm. Keepers of the North. Right. So, if you were to give a, I don't care how long spiel, marketing spiel of why someone should join Tina, because I'm sure there are plenty of people that bought tickets in the Wonderwall that still haven't selected which one to affiliate. What, what would you say? Oh. That's, that, see, see, for me, I always tell people, you know, I give them, I give them a rundown. I give them, you know, here's True North Elite, here's how we started, here's this and that. But I always tell people, I can't tell you what it is to be True North Elite. I can only show you what it is to be True North Elite. So come to our events. Come do, you know, come to our watch parties. Come to our volunteer events. Mm-hmm. That's how you learn how, what True North Elite is all about. You, you've been to them. Yep. You guys have been. We've you, been there. Yeah, we've been there. Like I said, could I? Is there? A, if we were to just tell you without seeing it, this is what True North Lead is. You think we could do that? Not really. <laughs> no, you have to be in the. You have to be in the moment. Exactly. You know, the opening game. You guys were at Finnegan's. We were all there, and it was right. great. Um, a lot of cheering, a lot of you know, sounds and right. all that type of stuff. I'm not a big that type of guy. Right. I'll do it once in a while. Right. But I'm not that type of dude. Our friend Johnny, he was there. He signed up right away. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna sign up right here." I am. Oh, right I, here. I, I hear from John every day. I, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and he'll be that way for a while. That's okay. Um, two more things I want to get into, guys, and we'll let you go. Uh, first off, there was a lot of stuff on Twitter about when the stadium was open. They did a ribbon cutting of the scarves raised, yes. then the whole thing. Yes. What are your thoughts on that whole situation? <laughs> uh, 
Be as crazy as you want to be. Do you want to start or you want me to start? I'll try to be be brief. The club's going to do what the club is going to do on that. You know, Wonderwall is a thing. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it it looks great at the end of a match. I mean, it brings chills up your spine every time it happens. It does, yes. They've always wanted to tap into, you know, the name and the feeling. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so I'm not surprised that they did it. Mm -hmm. I can understand why some people thought it was a really bad thing to do and mm-hmm. that it sh- that that should be saved for after a win. That's right. I personally couldn't bring myself to get too upset about it mm-hmm. because I sort of knew time and place and setting. They were going to do it. <laughs> so, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay, so now my take. Um, <laughs> um, we never I agreed. had a huge issue with it. And I, one of those people you heard on Twitter or read on Twitter, that was me. Um... I, <laughs> let me say how I lighten uh, up, Corey. Let me say how I can say this without uh, not losing my season tickets. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have certain traditions that we value within our supporters groups. Mm-hmm. The singing of Wonderwall after a home win is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, tradition we have. And I don't like I I personally don't like to see it used as a corporate marketing ploy. Yep, and. That's my issue. Is you guys? Do, there's 50 to 100 other things we do. Use most of those that you want. Mm-hmm. But the singing of Wonderwall is a special thing between the supporters groups and the guys, the 11 guys on the pitch who won a game. Who won a game? Yep. And right. we would prefer that that stays between us mm-hmm. and the 11 guys on the pitch. I understand. I, 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 I would I, like I to change my answer. <laughs> well, and Corey, I, when I saw that they did this, I, I agree with you 100%. Right. I think you, you kind of watered down the whole exactly excitement of that song being sung at the end of a game. Right. I don't care if you don't like the song. I don't care if you're a big fan of the song. It's about the team. It's about winning a game. It's about being in the moment. Exactly. Cutting a ribbon at a stadium. Is not a win. For your corporate sponsors. <laughs> right. Is not a winning moment. Absolutely Okay? Not. So it, it's... You took an intimate feeling that you get, mm-hmm. and it's right. you watered it down so much. Mm-hmm. It's not. Okay, it's fine. Not. I get it. Go, fine, so, I was wrong. <laughs> so my my opinion on it, I the very first CD I ever purchased as a as an individual was what's the story more right? And it, Wonderwall, even before it became the hit that it was was one of my favorite songs. It's still right. to this day one of my favorite songs. And it, when we started that tradition to do that, even from my seats in whatever section I was in, 109, I was initially one of the first ones that would stand up and sing and win when you guys would do it. Right. And slowly everyone started to join in. Right. And it for me, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it, it has a tie to to my teenage years, right? Mm-hmm. But then it's also that that intimate thing with the, the players who put everything into a win. Exactly. And it, for me, the moment I watched that video, it was just like 
everything in me, it, this is maybe over dramatic, but it was like my soul just got sucked out. Yep, I agree. It, it was just like a little cringy. It, it, yeah, cr- it, it was, was very like, cringy. When I watched it, it hurt my heart a little. It was, yeah. it, it was tough. It was tough. They could have picked Champagne Supernova or something like that. Or Mr. Brightside. Mr. Brightside. Mr. Brightside. Mr. Brightside. <laughs> Why not? You know, something else. I, they I, I also else. like that tradition that people are trying to start. I, I, I the, like the halftime thing. Half. Yeah. Uh, it's it's staying, by the way. Nice. <laughs> that's, very, that's very unfortunate. Some people love it, some people hate it. Baby Shark. So, baby. No, don't start. The, don't, now people are going to be on our podcast going Baby Shark in there. My daughter loves it. Dang it. We, okay. We might have said something to the FL about a certain amount of goals they can do Baby Shark. Okay. <laughs> Let's go away from this topic. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's like 12 or something. Some big number. Um, so Two. The last thing I want to I'm say to you guys was, uh, I know we're, we've been talking to the podcast, we're going to go out to Madison, yep. and you guys, some of you guys are going to be out in Madison. Yes. Yep. So same week. Same, 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 same week, weekend. June 15th. We'll be there. Uh, so, of course, we're going to do a podcast out there. Yeah. You guys are welcome to join us for that podcast at awesome. a local brewery. I'll yes. be there. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're uh, trying to work with uh, the flock. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. They, actually, the... Um, team said if you want somebody from the team on the podcast yeah. let us know we're really impressed we might be able to hook something yeah. up i don't think it'll be a player i think it'll be somebody from their management or something like that but uh it'll probably be like a marketing marketing guy something like that <laughs> as, as for pete will peter pete will. will okay as for peter will okay literally it'll be a good get the the stuff that the flock and ford madison is doing mm-hmm. i've been so impressed it, no it'd be it, great it they literally the stuff they're doing marketing-wise and, mm-hmm. and everything is just phenomenal. And, and yeah. kudos to them. That that look just awesome. They, they've been a great. They've been great uh, ever since they came on board. And we've been mentioning them on Twitter and great. stuff and talking about it. We talk about them on our podcast every week yep. a little bit. Uh, they've been awesome. Yep. And then we said we're going to Madison. They were they jumped on the flock jumped on it and the team jumped out. Right, we said yeah. we'll hook something up. We'll find a place for you to do it. We'll have some people on. It'll be great. And now they have their own podcast. Yes, they do. And I've heard it, and it is uh, very interesting. Yes, uh, to say the least. Uh, I have to listen to. They're it not like uh, they're not like the podcast the United has right. themselves, but uh, it's more of a kind of like. A little bit like our podcast, a little more. They, they'll tell you if something's wrong. You know? So uh, I don't know if you guys were around and listening to podcasts when we were in NASL. You know, I didn't. And it reminds me a lot of the podcasts that were around back yeah. then. Okay. Pre-MLS. Pre-MLS. Oh, yeah. Pre, right. Well, you know, I think what I like about Madison is it reminds me a little bit of... Mm-hmm. Yes pre-MLS days. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's obviously they're, they're, what, two lower, di- lower divisions? They're two divisions below yeah. United. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's just fun. It's just it's nice to see that. Yes. MLS kind of, the corporate MLS kind of takes oh, yeah. shine yeah. Yes. yes, it does. But, um, yeah, you know, that, that's the cool part about it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh! Zach's doing a fist bump. Oh, you can't on. hear it. But, was it, uh, was it Dave? No. It looks like it was Dave. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We are watching a uh, Premier League game right now. Clearly offside. Clear offside. Yeah. Knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that was, was that Giroud? 
No, definitely no. Dave. Okay. Tucked in shirt. Okay. That's how you know. So you guys are going to be in Madison. <laughs> We're going to be in Madison. We'll be there. Love to have you guys on, of course. Oh, yes, absolutely. And then uh, before we go here, we are going to do a podcast here after the game next time, which we talked about. Yep. So we got that going on. And then we also have our special podcast, which we're not saying where we're doing it at. We're going on location somewhere, and I know you guys are going to be in the same location. So you might be guests on that one, too. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and yeah. I, I've mentioned it before. If you want me to drive to you know, Sterling's house and hang out for a while. Well, you I can. Mean, I, you I mean, I, 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 I can sit in a lawn chair in the garage. I mean, yeah. I mean, there might be something. Well, there is something July. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe barbecue. Any any chance I can get mm. to talk about True North Elite and promote True North Elite yeah. and Keepers of the North? Come on. Hey, I'm in. So. Yeah. In fact, you said barbecue guys, too. You know, I'm, you I'm in for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to entertain my wife, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably be outside. Just tell me what kind of wine she likes and we'll, we'll take care of her. Oh, there you go. <laughs> See? You're already getting she hookups. Goodbye, into that. So. And I want to thank James, Zach, and Corey for coming on. Max, who's off doing his beer thing. But uh, look for that True North, True North, True Pre Prohibition Ale. Pre Prohibition Ale. Yes. Okay. We got to come up with some sort of like. Uh, so when, when you come into Dual Citizen, it's going to say True North on the board. Say okay. True North. Okay. Buy, yeah. buy 15 or 20 pints of that. You know, the, other thing okay. to, the other thing I'd like to just say is, and what we. One of the things that we love about Dual Citizen is, you know, the fact that they take, you know, some of the some of their revenue and they put it back into the community. And, you know, when we were talking about the ingredients for this beer, we wanted to come up with a mash bill where the ingredients were locally available and inexpensive enough that we could have a margin in the beer, sure. so that some of the proceeds can go to charities that awesome. both Dual Citizen awesome. and Keepers of the North awesome. support. And you yep. know, we, so. Uh, do good by drinking good, I guess, yeah. is what we're saying. So, so pretty much when you have a beer here, you have the True North beer, you're giving a charity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. shoot, I'm going to have at least yep. 20 of them. So we, <laughs> like I said, buy 15 or 20. Exactly. Yeah. Um, appreciate you guys. So, yeah, we appreciate you guys, too. Thanks for coming to the podcast. We're going to take a break, guys. When we come back, we're going to talk about some other things out in the uh, soccer world. Also going to bring up some... Uh, Major League Baseball stuff that ties into soccer a little bit. So, come back in a little bit. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast. We are still here at Dual Citizen, guys. It is now 10 a.m. on Sunday, so we're getting close to the time that we usually do our podcast. Yeah, we're, we're thinking about leaving to do our podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. pretty much. I usually be on my couch right now going, ah, you got to get up, you got to do some things, you know. We are drinking, though. I mean, they, the, the taps are open. That's I, a good I was point. surprised we to hear that. Beer yeah. yeah, and uh, I, probably the reason we haven't talked about it because we've been here, like, this is our third time here. It's true. So all the beers that we're drinking, we've already had before. And there's a reason we're here. This is our third time here. The beers yeah, are fantastic. The beers are fantastic. So if you haven't and, been uh, here, you need to get down here. Yeah, you need to get down here to uh, Dual Citizen. Did you guys, what did you guys get? I ended up with the uh, the Nitro, uh, what was it, Porter? The, the Hillcrest. The Hillcrest, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I'm doing the Dewey Sour. That's that what I got. And with, I started right? with that. Yeah. And the only reason yeah. I, I haven't taken a sip yet, otherwise I'd comment on that. Right. But Why'd you get a goblet? I don't know. That's my. The, I ordered a Dewey to start, and that's the way mine was served as yeah. well. And I, so I was a bit surprised. Does it really matter, though? No, no. It doesn't. It's beer. Um, I had a Kellogg to start off with, and uh, I didn't. I realized this. If you look up, up uh, at the front of their uh, place here, they have a big sign that says, Anytime you buy a Kellogg, uh, one of those uh, one dollar that goes to uh, milk for babies or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, some uh, charity they've got going on. Malts for milk. Oh, it's malts called. for milk. Yes, yes. And so I was Very doing cool. my part for charity. Uh, again, I want to thank Max. I want to thank the guys from True North Elites. They've been very gracious to let us come out here and do this. We've had a fun time. Yeah. People here are great. Very friendly people. If you're not a True North Elite member and you're listening to this, uh, you know, check them out. Go yeah. to one of their watch parties. Talk to some of them. Have a good time with them. Um, so we're not going to do a around the league uh, segment. We're, we're screwing Dave out of his minutes. Well, no, because no. we had the special guest. Of course, and I'd much rather have our special guest yeah. as, as opposed to doing a quick around the league. I will say, you know, we like we mentioned earlier in the first half of the pod, we said, you know, we're, it's not doom and gloom, technically. I, the only thing I'll say is if the playoffs started tomorrow, the, the Minnesota United would be in exactly. the playoffs. And Atlanta would not be. There you go. Correct. So that's all we got to so say that's about it. that. I that's just it. wanted to say that. That's your uh, trip around the league by right. Dave Stevens. <laughs> uh, let's get into some, well, soccer-related, of course, but let's talk about Allianz Field a little bit more, guys, because two, two weeks ago on this podcast, I was assuming that we'd have, at Allianz Field, they have 96 tap. tap beers, okay? My assumption was there's 96 different beers. Right. Okay, or... Nice and different beers, but there could have been a couple of breweries here and there that had like five or six and whatever. You know? Right. They open the stadium, and guess what? They have 96 taps. They have 96 taps, but not 96 different beers. In fact, it's closer to what Dave suggested two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, nine. They have nine, nine different, different beers, beers. From, from, I think, about four different Breweries, okay, including so, including now, if we're going to talk about their draft beers, they have Summit, Surly, Lupulin, Dos Equis, and Heineken. And uh, who makes Loon Juice? It's its own. Is they're, it? they're okay. a, yeah. So that's it. So that's that. And then, of course, in the cans, they have some more Surly, and they also have a Lift Bridge. Yes, okay. and Line right. Pools. So I guess for me, guys, maybe I didn't read into this as much as I should have. Or maybe the United or United was being a little bit uh, deceptive. Deceptive on what they were talking about. I think you said it. I don't think we can call them liars, but it certainly was deceiving. Deceiving to me. Yeah. Okay. You got Surly. You got Summit. You got Liftbridge. You got Lupulin, and you got the Loon Juice. Okay. Where's the hell? We're at Dual Citizen. Where's the Dual Citizen? Where's Alloy? Where's Where's Alloy? Where's Omni? Right. You know. Where's Invictus? Where's any of these guys? Okay, I made the point of saying Target Field for the Twins has a great selection of craft beers, and they have local beers there. Right. I was thinking all of to do the exact same thing. They have not. Nope. They've got the big craft brews in the state to do it. Liftbridge is big. Summit's big. Surrey's big. Loopland's the only smaller brewery they have. Right. 
which is impressive. Now, I, like. I heard there was a rumor that there was uh, some money involved, and if to get the beer in there, you have to pay a certain amount of money. Yeah. And when I saw the amount that you'd have to pay, that crossed ninety five percent of the breweries in the Minnesota Rathalys. And, and why? And we can only speculate here, but why do you think they're doing that as opposed to say like a St. Paul Saints? That's another uh, you know local sporting yeah. team that has mm-hmm. an excellent craft beer selection. Yep. Saints might have the best. Uh, yeah. As not that they're one of the four majors, but mm-hmm. they certainly have a nice selection. Why? You know why is that? Why did? Why do you think uh, Allianz went that route? It's. it's Nonetheless, it's corporate. And I say say Allianz, but I mean, is this coming from Minnesota United? I I would assume so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's just that it's it's no longer NASL. Yeah. And uh, they have to. Well, they don't have to, but they feel the need to be what all other MLS teams or professional sports teams are. Yeah. Yeah. And what I mean. On the flip side of this whole conversation is what a boom for people like Dual Citizen, like any breweries along the right rail or close to Allianz right. Field, and also the new uh, the new bar, Blackheart. Blackheart. Yeah. Black what a boom for them to see. Yeah. Oh, we don't have as many crap beers as people thought we were going to have, and the prices are yeah high. I mean, if you want to look at it from the perspective of Blackheart. You know, them being a bar, mm-hmm. cocktails at Allianz are like 11 12 bucks. Yeah. For like a, a Jack and Coke. And I, you know, it's funny is I remember, I think we said on this podcast, why would that guy build that bar right there? Why would he put it in there with Allianz and their, their brew hall opening up? Well. And now we know why. Right. And I don't think he, I don't think Wes knew that? Oh, I'm sure he probably did. I, I think he's very happy. <laughs> but I'm sure he was jumping for joy yeah. when he saw those prices and what they had. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't think, I, I don't, personally, I mean, the selection might be one thing, but I mean, the prices I don't think are a shock. I don't think it's outrageous. They're a little more expensive, and I think they get the get those premium prices, you can call it, just because it's not, we're not talking about Bud Light, Nicholas, no, right. Golden yeah. Draft. No. I mean, well, they'll have a couple light beers on, yeah. on in the can at least, but it's they're not outrageous when you talk about professional and, sports. And to stadiums. be fair, per ounce, it's actually cheaper than last year. Yeah, it is. But what I'm saying is, you promoted this brew pump, right? This big yeah. uh, meeting place. Yeah. Huge opportunity before games when the gates open for people to go to this brew pub and hang out. Have a couple beers before the game happens. Hours before. Hours before. And you've now ruined it. I mean, you have taken the whole, you deflated that balloon. It's it's gone now. Yep. I mean, you're done. That's not going to happen. And people are going to Blackheart, people go to Dual Citizen, any breweries around here, any bars around here, they're going to go there first. And I and I, I I haven't heard it from the team, but I think I think it was Jeff Reuter that uh, he he announced something that I was hoping they'd have the case. Like if you wanted to go there on a Thursday night. Yeah. The, the beer price list that I'm looking at now, the one that you'd see on game days, is he mentioned that they will have, uh, you know, a, a cheaper, yeah, know, sure. reduced yeah, price yeah. menu okay. on non-game days, non-function days. So, but not game day. No. I mean, you had you had a place for people to hang out before the game. Yeah. In your stadium, a brew hall in your stadium. Yep. And I don't know. They, of course, they did it on purpose. They knew what they were doing. It's a business thing. Right. But if you looked at the marketing and said, hey, we should have more craft beers, a little bit cheaper, they do have food, 
Good nice. food. And of course, right next to their team store. Right. So they want you to get. Which, having been in it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay. They did something good there. Yeah, my kids have benefited from it. Yeah. There you go. So, but again, I'm just a little disappointed at what it kind of, they kind of talked about it. Yeah. And then it came to be, and you go, you, you feel like, eh. You know, I was, very, I, I was excited for it. You know, I, I look at it as they probably had this grandiose idea. And after they priced everyone out, it trickled down to what it is now. Yeah. I think I'm going to go out on a limb and predict that 2020, mm-hmm. it's going to be more like what we want. Okay. All right. I think they're going to realize their folly. Yes. And fix it. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Because I, I, again, I was deflated. Uh, before we get out of the subject and move on to another subject, I want to say now, uh, we've talked about Atlanta, their stadium a lot, and how the yeah. prices are super low. So the Minnesota Twins have decided to try that same thing. Right. Two stands at the Twins, the Fanfare stands, just only two of them at Target Field, will have lower prices. But then people started looking into it and saying, A, there's only two stands. The lines are super long. That would be my problem. And B, if you look at the prices, yeah, they're a dollar or two off of regular prices. You're not getting the same products, of course. But then they're like, oh, we're selling a five-ounce beer, a Miller Lite or whatever it is. Twelve-ounce. Or twelve-ounce for five dollars. I'm sorry. Twelve-ounce for five dollars. And somebody did the math and said, but per ounce, it's only like two cents less than you get a regular Miller Lite. So what's the point? It's, it's no shock that they're connected to Minnesota United. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think, you know, I mean, there is there is something to it. I mean, I, I think it's it's smart of, of the Twins to do that. It doesn't excite me at all oh. on any level. However, oh. you know, it is it, there is something to be said about that. When, you know, there's anybody mm-hmm. would who goes to the ballpark and would obviously think twice about buying a $12 beer. Right. At least now you have the option so, of having a beer for $5. But again, if you're going to do it, don't make it two stands. Make it every field fair stand in the stadium. Agreed. Agreed. You know? right. Don't make it like you have to walk around and find the place yeah, I mean, and I, wait in line. I, I mean, personally, I will. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother looking I'm for I'm not that. going to either. I, right, but that's just me. But, hey, at least it opens that door for people who don't want to spend $12 on a beer, whether it's a 20-ounce beer or not. They're trying. At least you can go somewhere and get a beer for five bucks. Yeah. But again, we talk about, you know, you're trying to do something, but you're not fully committed to it yet. And that's what they're doing here. Right. So. Um, yeah. So I, I'd i like to point out, attached to Allianz Field, um, I'm a little annoyed as a season ticket holder. Oh, yes, yes. With our gifts. Yes. Now, I can find other better things to complain about, but to me, you know, this is another area where the organization is just kind of, you know, they didn't miss the boat, but they kind of shortchanged everyone. But you're you're a season ticket holder. Yeah, you were you made a commitment, right, to watch this team this season to be at every home game. A commitment uh, for yourself, uh, also a, a monetary commitment. Right. You spent money. So, you think there right. could be a, something. Yeah, and, you know, so the, 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 the gift this year was a a uh, case 
It's a magnetic case that holds the ticket. A commemorative first game of the season ticket. I get it. It's cool. Yeah. In that sense, I think uh, they were spot on with the direction they went. Uh, But the ticket itself is just lacking. Sure. It's very plain. It's very just kind of throwing together. And I, I mentioned to you guys before the podcast that the the inaugural game against Atlanta United, that ticket was fantastic. Yeah. And I've joked, not necessarily joked, but kind of joked that I'm going to replace the home opener of yeah. Allianz with that ticket. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the like I said, spot on with what I would have hoped. Yeah. Being that we went to all digital ticketing. Mm-hmm. But it was just kind of like, let's just pay as cheap as possible for this commemorative yeah. ticket. And it, I don't know. And then, to top it off, they give everyone a, a pin that, you know, those enamel pins that say that they're part of the Itasca Society. And I'm like, bullshit, we're... Not all Atasca Society members. Yeah. The people that signed up, the first 11,820, I think it was? Something like that. Um, were Atasca Society. Number of lakes in the United States, yeah. Minnesota. It's, it's not the 14,000 mm-hmm. that have signed up. Exactly. So it's just weird that they did that. I, you know, I think, I don't know. See, I would have done, like, instead of a ticket, now everybody's digital, right? Right. So what do tickets mean anyways? I would have done, like, a commemorative coin or something. Like a nice coin. Well, they already did that for oh. first season. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. But, so, which is, it was nice. A commemorative loon? Ooh. A commemorative loon? That would be interesting. They could have given you a live loon. Well, <laughs> <Is> <laughs> so you're saying, and actually, this is kind of surprising. I mean, the, the fact that they give you a gift and they've done this, they do this every year. Right. That's. I mean, that's something. I mean, I'm well. E- fairly yeah. Sure I mean, that... every team gives their season ticket holders a gift. Yeah. Well, not all. Not all sports does. Thankfully, they don't. They stop the scarves thing. Yeah. Because my God, I've got like ten scarves. Ten scarves. Yeah. 2016, they gave three because I have three tickets. Yeah. 2017, they gave three. Oh. Yeah. I was like, good God, what am I supposed to do with these things? They could have given you a signed uh, picture of PK. I'd take that. I'd take that. I would. I'd frame it. I would like a signed picture of me punching PK. Oh! Not that I have anything against PK. Oh, come on. PK's nice. I just find it interesting to commit violence against PK's pay. There's a person in there. There is. You know? I used to do that myself. I used to be a Tires Plus tire. Dave was, too. We know how it is to be a mascot. People abuse you. But that's the fun in it. It's not nice. It's fun. We're people, too. It's fun to abuse mascots. So let's get into one final thing before we take off here, guys. Oh, wait. You have Madison. Oh, that's right. We have to talk about Madison. Yeah. Now, let's talk about Madison because, A, they have their new podcast, which just came out. Yep. We Uh, talked about it. We talked about it. They did the first episode. I listened to it. It was great. Um, They had uh, their last exhibition game? Yes. Yep. Okay. Against Marquette. Marquette University. Okay. Uh, they won four uh, one. Apollo Junior had a hat trick, but our toy Mason mm-hmm. toy Mason toy uh, had himself a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, they 
traveled well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the podcast traveled with them. Nice. Uh, I, I believe they even got a coach bus and everything Whoa. from Madison to Milwaukee. Hey now. Yeah, uh, they're doing things right. Hint, hint, United. Right. This podcast. All right. Screw the sound of the loon. That's their Sorry, own. Sorry, cor- Callum. That's their own corporate podcast. Callum's a cool guy. Callum's fine. Um, yeah, you know, I think uh, Dave brought up the starting lineup. I believe Manly was in it. Manly and Wyatt Almsberg started on the back. Almsberg was in there? So yes, good. as well as Mason Toy. Of course, nice. like David mentioned, scored. So, nice, yeah, nice, nice. good representation. They got a strong club, obviously. They do. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they do in the... Uh, yeah, like you US, know USL League One, which well, their their first game would be uh, soon. Yeah. yeah, they they had tweeted a picture of the trophy for USL One, mm-hmm. and it said something like, "It'll be coming to Madison." I mean, honestly, I think they have a pretty good squad. Yeah, they. I looked at their squad; it looks pretty decent. Uh, it'll be cool to see. I know I had tweeted out a correction from last episode. I said that they were playing Cincinnati something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was at actually Chattanooga. So April 6th is their first game of the season against Chattanooga. Uh, the Red Wolves. Uh, so excited for that season to start. And, uh, of course, we'll see them in uh, two and a half months. Two yeah, and a half and months. We're out there in June. Just, you know, we're, we're talking about the schedule. They have a they have a friendly at Bree Stevens Field uh, on April 16th against uh, Madison, actually, UW Madison. Oh, but they're, yes. So I guess technically their USL League One openers not till uh, at U- Bree Stevens Field is not till April 17th or okay. April 27th yes. against yeah. Greenville. And I, I like how their schedule's set up. They have an airplane for away games. And then they have a house for home games. Nice. Yeah. No, no confusing. No confusing you there. Yeah. And uh, so, actually, April 13th, they'll play North Texas the same day as our home opener. Sure. So, uh, we probably, let's see, that's a... Uh, not until 9.20 in the yeah, evening. Yeah, so we won't be talking about that on the no. podcast. So, they'll have to wait. But we'll be talking about the game in, well, no, we won't be because we'll be at that game in June. Right. I'll probably do the podcast before that game. Yeah, it makes sense. And so, uh, but we'll be out there having a chat with you. And like I said, True North Elite guys will probably be on our yep. podcast. We might have some guests from the flock. Yep. We might have some guests from the team. We don't right. know. It might be an assistant. Might be an assistant. We don't know. It might be like the person that gets water. Yeah, it might be. And we still haven't figured out where we're going to actually do the podcast. I know the flock has said they have some. Yeah, uh, they ideas. said they're going to work on it. They're going to work on it. Yeah. But um, so you know, this is cool. Um, I think uh, excited for the fact that we can talk about more than just the loons. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, their podcast is Sound, or what is it called? Sound of the... Let Me Be Forward. Let Me Be Forward. Their podcast will go, of course, more in depth than that. Oh, yeah. We're just kind of mentioning it because we have some players going back and forth and we're affiliated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let Me Be Forward, I listened to their first first podcast it was uh, it was good uh, i really enjoyed it they're gonna have yeah. they're gonna have a lot of guests this year they're gonna have guys from the team they've already had guys from the team yeah, on have, there yeah. so they're gonna have a lot of guests uh, yeah. it should be a good time we i i highly recommend it it's yeah. good yeah good time um and see and uh single game tickets are on sale now mm-hmm. so people should uh plan a trip to madison because madtown's fantastic I mean, it is especially place. in the summer mm-hmm once all the college kids go out. Once all the uh, drunks get out of there. The college yeah. drunks get out of there. Um, 
So let's get into one final point I wanted to make, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, Speaking ahead. of that, if you're if you are not if you're not going to make the trip with a podcast on with June fifteenth, uh, yeah. Just ten days after that, on June twenty fifth, they're actually playing the Minnesota United That's in right. an exhibition That's game, right. of course. Yeah. So. And they they're even playing Hertha Berlin. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's right. They're taking advantage of that tour. They're playing. They're playing some uh, different teams this year. It'll be interesting. All right. So, so on to on to Major League Baseball. On to Major League Baseball, guys, because we are a Major and, League Baseball podcast. And, you know, the opener was just a few days ago. It so. was Twins won. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Barrios looked great. Um, so I read an interesting article on ESPN uh, the other day. If you, in case you guys don't know, and I don't know if you guys, uh, Dave, David, I don't know if you guys are into this as much as I am, but Major League Baseball, uh, their their um, labor agreement comes up, I think, in two years. Might be, might be three years, maybe t- whatever it is. Um, but there's been a lot of talk about how there's some disagreements going on with Major League Baseball and the players, and you know, free agency, whatever. This guy who wrote this article, and I don't remember the article who wrote it, but said, now, the average age of a Major League Baseball fan is, and I asked you guys this question, you guys thought it was... I was way off. Low. Yeah, in the 40s. Is yeah. Funny. Yeah, and I said 50. It's 57, 58. Okay? It is the oldest average fan in all the major sports in the United States. Okay? MLS soccer, average fan's age is 40 years old. Okay? So, obviously, there's younger people coming into Major League Soccer. My thought is this. Unless baseball decides to make a bunch of changes to speed up their game, you know, make it more marketable. Which they're trying. Which they're trying to do. Uh, major, I mean, MLS could become America's summertime sport. Could. And the reason why I say this is because Major League Soccer is once or twice a week. You know exactly how long a game is going to take. Well, not yep. exactly, but you know it's going to be about two hours. Yeah. Okay. You have once or twice a week to get into the game. You're excited. You have that lead up to it. You know, and you have a whole week to talk about, you know, what happened. Um, and it, they've marketed it better. They've done a lot more online stuff. They've, you know, the stadiums are more fan-friendly and right. intensive. Major League Baseball is that, sorry, old-timey game of slow pace. can take three hours to do it. They don't market it, the players, you know, there's no superstar players that you have. And so Major League Baseball is, could potentially lose a lot of viewership in the next right. five years. And if this labor thing goes, the dispute goes, and there's a strike or a lockout, baseball, I mean, it's not going to go away, but yeah. it might be pretty well you know, done. And you're taking a leap there when you say it be- could become America's, you know, summertime sport. You, you almost could use if you're talking about summer, then you yeah. almost could interchange that term with pastime. And I, I just that that's what I'm saying though, Dave, is that a long ways off. I mean, it, it's like um, I, reminds me. Well, American football. Okay, you have one game a week, right? People get into that. They like it. In our in this day and age, young people want things quick. And they want right. things fast. Yep. There's almost it's almost too much. Soccer is a fast game. It's two never hours stops. every two hours every week. Yep. That you get involved in. And it never stops. It never stops. It's just constant. Goes on. Yep. If you want to be a big baseball fan, you've got two or three hours pretty much every night 
in the summertime, you got to watch baseball. Right. Yeah, and you mentioned before we came on, I mean, you know, baseball should, you know, what what's one thing baseball could do to make it interesting that they probably never would do is cut down on the number of games. Cut That's them right. in half. I mean, but that, it's just, you can't see that happening just because of the records historically, the numbers. But why and, is, here's my question. Why is, America's, why is American football pretty much the biggest thing in the United States? Because it's one game a week. Okay, they're That's all part of it. Yeah, are they, there's violence. That's it. Yeah, they marketed it. It's just huge. Okay, you look at baseball, and you can, how do you market baseball? Yeah, you know, MLS can do the same thing that American football has done. Yeah, they can market this game of the week. Look what they're doing at the end of the end of the season in MLS, making it all the games at the same time. That is fantastic. Yeah, that gets viewership. You know. I'm saying that baseball, I'm not going to say baseball is going to die, and I'm not going to say that MLS is going to take them over, but there's potential there. Yeah. If if, if MLB does not get going, if they don't get this next labor agreement going, they don't uh, make it better with the players. The players are pissed off right now because teams have decided now they're not going to spend money on free agents who are older than 30. Right, yeah. It's all about extensions. It's all about getting younger guys. And Which so, is smart on them. It's smart team. on them, but players are so used to getting those nice big contracts when they're 29, 30 years old. Albert Brujols, great example. I talked to David McCarr about this. Pujol signed his 10-year contract, I think, when he was uh, 30 or 31. He was great for like three or four years, and the Angels have had him for the next seven, yep. and he sucks. He's not even starting this year. Right. You know? So look at it. If they, if they go on strike or have a lockout, Fans will leave. I'm sorry. I mean, they they took a hit and never fully recovered from the last strike. Uh, 94. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't think that today's younger fan will take another strike. And they're not into it as much. Yeah. I'm telling you, MLS is the perfect thing for kids well, nowadays because it's quick. Yeah, and I, I they think... got the stuff on their iPads and their iPhones looking at it, and it's quick, and you can watch all the games and everything like that. I agree. I think just whether, you know, regardless of what kind of time frame we're talking about, whether, you know, because I've always brought this up kind of, you know, years ago, jokingly, that soccer will overtake, you know, some of the major, you know, top four sports right now in America. But just the fact that we're having this conversation is one thing, because it says... A whole lot about the growth of MLS over it the is. last five years. It's ten huge. Years. It's and, been and, you know, enormous. It, it's good to point out that we're all baseball fans. Yeah, I'm it's baseball It's not like fan. we're bashing baseball. No, I'm not. No. I mean, I'm sitting here with a Brewers cap on. Yeah, right you now. are. I mean, it's we we all love this sport. We all like going to the stadium. I mean, even as a Brewers fan, I love going to Target Field. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it would be incredibly sad to see baseball not succeed. But... I think there's a reality there. There is a reality. Yeah. There's there's a big yeah. reality, and it's and it's it's about the way they played it. And it's re- and it's relevant in the MLS conversation in another way is because we look at speaking of Target Field, uh, they opened that in 2010. Uh, obviously, sold out that stadium uh, for the first couple of years. They made the playoffs in 2010s. Mm-hmm. The Twins did. Um, Extremely successful, but look at what it didn't take long before the honeymoon was over, yep, and that's the right. attendance at Target that's Field right. dropped off significantly. That's right. You look at last year, the year before that, even you know they yeah they made the run to the wild card, they had some success in the regular season, but the attendance numbers, despite that, still dropped off. That's right. And so yep. that probably speaks more of 
you know the sport itself tony like what you brought up so and and that's why i just say like you know it's speaking of you know target field and now we're talking about opening a new new stadium here for the the loons allianz field you know it's right i i guess what i'm getting at is just because you're opening a new field doesn't yeah. mean doesn't you're mean gonna you're gonna sell it great. out every year after year after year after year but so my point is look what mls has done since they started they've grown at a nice rate yep huge rate. they put uh, new teams in places where they're going to have uh, a great fan base. Yep. Look at Minnesota for Pete's sakes. We are not known as a soccer hotbed. Right. Okay. Yeah. We're a northern. Cer- certainly northern not from state. the outside. No. Not from the right. outside. So they put a team here, and look at our fan base. Yeah. Look at us. Look what we did in Blaine. Yeah. Okay. You look at uh, Major League Baseball, and you go, they've grown a little bit here and there. They're but they're, they've always been behind the times. They're always this, well, old school baseball players used to do this. Old school used to do this. MLS is constantly changing. And, oh, and yep. Adding VAR. Adding that, you know, they're constantly trying to make their game better. Yeah, right. and you talk about, I mean, speaking of the Minnesota fan base for as far as soccer is concerned, look at how they made the jump, you know, from NASL to mm-hmm. MLS. It was almost seamless. They went from drawing, you know, well, you know, 10 years ago, they, you know, a couple thousand people, but... You know, once it was kind of announced that there was going to be an MLS franchise, about nine thousand. It was nine, yeah, nine thousand. But they made that jump to twenty three thousand every single game for the most part, seamlessly. Like it happened. And I mean, they had no problem drawing. What was it, thirty five thousand for the inaugural game? No problem drawing. um, Even it was over thirty thousand for Ralselt Lake. Like. A yeah. few weeks later, and you're, and you're talking about uh, you know a basically a rented stadium, a football stadium that's not built or designed for yeah. soccer, artificial yeah. turf. It's, but they were still drawing those fans in. But I always look yep. at, at my final point, guys, is this: you look at the MLB and you go, when you think of baseball in the United States, you think of old time, you think of how right. long it's been around. How much has the game changed since old time baseball? Has it changed a lot? Well, you got the DH. Yeah. You've raised the mound, you lowered the mound, you've done this, you done really it's the same. And all the old time baseball guys want to be, well, we don't want to change it because that's what the game is like. Yeah. You look at the NFL. There's been a lot of changes since the NFL came out, right. came into the scene in the nineteen fifties and sixties. Right, Dave? I mean there's been oh, a lot yeah. of changes. You look at the NHL, NBA. NBA, you lowered the box, you did the three point lines, all that type of the shot yeah. clock, everything. NHL, the blue lines, all that stuff. I look at MLS and I go, the VAR, the everything, the atmospheres, that they've made changes along the yep. way. MLB has not done that. Well, no, and in fact, some of the changes that you see as far, and it's not the change, but the game has changed. That it's, yeah. it's going against what the league is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like you look at, you know, some teams, they'll have 13-man pitching rotations. That's right. change pitchers That's right. two or three times an inning That's in right. some cases. That only lengthens the, lengthens so, the game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach way out. Baseball reminds me of cricket. I'm a big cricket guy. Okay. I spend like a week watching them. I love watching cricket. Yeah. But it's very similar. It's it's old timey. It's old time, yeah. It's it's slowly fading in England. Like they they're much more into soccer. Um, they're even getting much more into NBA and NFL. It's there aren't a lot of things you can do to change it. It's it's just very structured like baseball is. And it it just kind of does that. It ends up being long. You 
and that's just how it works. And, yeah, I mean, and the only real way, I mean, unless you change, unless you start getting drastic things, like, okay, we're going to make it a seven-inning game, you know, yes, a game can yep. end in a tie. You know, is... Again, but the attention spans of people, younger people it's just now, yeah. are lower. Yep. And baseball is an old-time game. I'm totally with the old-time baseball fans who say, I love to sit at a game and take a scorecard yeah, and do yeah. that for three hours. Great for you, okay? You're a fan. But guess what? Your generation is going to die, okay? <laughs> it's yes, going yeah. to happen. It's true, yeah. And unless you bring more fans who want to do that on into this game, right. your sport is going to slowly die as well. Right. You have fast-click games. You have the yeah. NBA, NHL, NFL, MLS. They're fast-click games. They're fast-paced. Yep. MLS, okay, not as much, but still. It's there's still ex- continuous. Excitement. It's still, yeah. MLS games, what I love about it is, and I hate about it too, is in those halves, if I get up and go and get a beer or go to the bathroom or whatever, I could miss a freaking goal. Right. Because there's no stoppage. I could miss a goal. Yep. In baseball, if I get up and go to the bathroom, I might miss one pitch. Right. I mean, you can time it right, two outs. You can be like, oh, two outs, no many, nobody on. Yeah. All right, I can leave. Yeah, I can go. And you'll probably not miss that. And kids nowadays, they don't. They want us. They want that action. Yep. They're sitting there. They're watching MLS, and they're on their phones playing their games, and they're watching the action. They're doing this and this, and they're on the MLS app, and they're looking up the stats. And all they like that. Right. So. Uh, you know, we. Oh, they're opening up the gates here. Yeah, we have to talk about our secret trip. Yes. Do we have any stories? Um, Do we have any hints that we want to? Or stories? No, I. You know what? I don't. I gave off my story a while ago. I do have one more. Okay, go ahead. Please tell us your story, Dave. Do you have anything? Uh, not off the top of my head. I mean, this, this is the last thing I have to talk about. Okay. This city. I, I went there for my bachelor party. You did? Yeah. Um, some buddies were like, "Hey, <clears throat> excuse me. We'll uh, we'll we'll pay to go to this this town." Yeah. Yeah. We went there. I spent, you know, we spent the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't so much a bachelor party as it was a long weekend. Long weekend, sure. And I'm a big scotch, well, I'm a big whiskey guy. Yeah. At that time, in 2005, I was a big scotch guy. Scotch, cigars, we're at a piano bar. Nice. Really fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at my, my glass of um, Logvillain 16 in front of me and I've got my cigar in my hand and the glass started to kind of move without anyone touching it okay and I was like this doesn't feel right yeah this shouldn't be happening so I set my cigar down yeah and I sat there for a bit and we were talking and all of a sudden the cigar and whiskey started moving but like different directions they weren't quite coinciding with each other okay the next thing I know, I'm being woken up. Oh. I uh, passed out, apparently. Oh, there you go. Uh, fell out of my chair. I'm being woken up by um, a security member of the, Guard, uh, yeah, the yeah. piano bar that we were at. Yeah. And I spent the remainder of the evening and into the morning in the ER of a major medical facility at that place. Uh and ended up being indebted to that facility for several thousand dollars. Wow. 
ambulance ride, wow. ER visit. Jesus. So this particular city that we're going to yeah. uh, owes me a lot because they've taken a lot. And this was Mandan, North Dakota, right? I, I don't yes. want, yeah, I don't want to rule out city. That sounds like I've, I've had it sounds like Las Vegas to me, but you have, well, it's we not, know it can't be. Let's not go into stories. We've already ruled out Vegas because yeah. it needs to have a yeah. Let's not go into stories about you in Vegas. Okay, yeah, we'll avoid there that. Was, <laughs> there was a, a area of brush outside of a uh, casino that you fell asleep in and then... I mean, we up. should probably address that in a later episode. Yeah. Because yeah. it sounds interesting. Well, he had, you know what the funny thing is? The, he had to go to a... He, had, he was on a business trip. He was just there for the weekend to hang out. I and then we he weren't going to go into detail. And then right. he... <laughs> well, but he had to wake up... He woke up the next day and he had to go right away. Oh, leave. sure. And he was in a bad spot. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we'll, we'll address that in a later episode. It's actually... It you know what? It's funny. We... We talk about it now because we're older, yeah. and we were younger. I think we were in our twenties at that point. Oh yes. But when we, I heard the story, I was like, I can't. I, I how does this happen to you? How does? How does? <laughs> Don't mean? go to Vegas alone. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, right, that's right, one right, tip right. I would give everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> don't go to Vegas alone. Um, so, anywho, that's our secret trip. Yes, it's uh, it's a city that mandates you must. Go to the ER mm-hmm. if you pass out in a bar. Yeah, this is. Uh, hmm. I think. I think it's. I, I think didn't it's, know that. I think no. it's Mandan, North Dakota. Could be Fargo. I, I think it's Fargo. It's possible. It's be, possible. Uh, now, did I give a spoiler when I said there has to be an MLS franchise in this city? You did. You did. But We're there's okay so with many. That. I thought we already sense. made that clear. Yeah. Being a being a podcast that soccer. Really I thought we made that clear. Well, it could be, yeah, we did. We kind of did. I thought yeah. we did. Did we? Yeah. It could I'm be Vancouver. Sure we did because well, we're. It, I mean, we all know. We've reiterated this multiple times. If you can drive it in a day, yeah, it's possible. And you can drive anywhere in the United States in a day. I mean, outside of Southern California. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So we're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're good. Be fine. Nobody knows yet. Well, some right. people do. We do, and we have a confirmed location as of today. Yeah, we do. We have a confirmed location where we do the podcast at. I mean, literally. Yeah. Half an hour ago. There is a brewery in the place that we're going who said, hey, love to have you. Yeah. So we got that going on. Anywho, guys, uh, anything else? I mean, it's been a a very early morning. Interesting. We're done with this podcast at uh, 1045. We got the the whole day ahead of us. On a Sunday morning. I know. I feel weird. I feel like I could go do things today. Yeah. And I probably won't. I won't either. It's a Sunday, after all. So, again, I want to thank Max from Dual Citizen for having us out here. The TNE people, great guys from North Elite. If you haven't talked to any of them, please do if you see one. Yeah. They're great people. Fantastic. Uh, for myself, Tony, for Dave, and David, we'll talk to you guys in two weeks. All right, see you.
Celebrate the 4th of July from the comfort of home and save on must-haves during Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. This Thursday through Sunday, take an extra 20% off festive tops for the family, patio furniture, and get 10% off outdoor toys. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, limited contact store drive-up. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Offers valid June 25th through 28th. 20% off with promo code FAMILYSHOP. 10% off toys, offers, and coupons do not apply. Select styles. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.